Lord God, we do thank you so much that you are living hope. You've conquered death, God. And we're here because you've done that, Lord. We, we, all of us are here because of you. We would not be here without you, Jesus. And thank you that you are hope, that you are healer, that you are savior. And God, thank you that you even save us from ourselves, Lord. And so many times I know I'm the one in the way. I'm the one that's a problem. And But God, you have risen. You have the power, Lord. And I pray tonight, God, as we get into your word now, that you would bless your word, that you would anoint it, God, that you would speak to us, Lord, that I pray that you would have a word for each and every one of us here tonight, God, that we would not leave here without a special word spoken to each one of us. So, God, here we are. Our hearts are open to you. We're listening. We need you, God. So just pray for your touch upon your, your word, God. Anoint it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good evening, guys. Good to see everybody. Uh, what a great time of worship and just a special time to be with the Lord. Uh, if you can grab your Bibles now and open them up to Luke chapter 21. We are continuing on here in the book of Luke, and uh, we made it to chapter 21, and we're going to be looking at the very beginning of it. I already prayed for our study tonight, so we're going to get right into this. Uh, I was reading about this pastor who took up this collection for some greatly needed repairs needed on the ceiling of their small church building, and As people were making their pledges, one old man stood up, who was known as being like really very, very stingy, you know. And so with with the groans of the others being heard, uh, when he said this, I will give $5. Well, the funny thing is just then, right when he said it, it just so happened that a piece of plaster fell from the ceiling and hit him square on top of the head. So the old man like looked up and he said, oh, well, okay, I will guess I'll make it $10. Well, with that, uh, everyone heard the pastor say under his breath, oh, Lord, just hit him again. <laughs> Well, for many, giving to the Lord, giving to God is like pulling teeth. But it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be at all. I mean, that should be our hearts, especially for us who follow Jesus. J.C. Ryle once said, a giving Savior should have giving disciples. And that's true. That's how we should be. Well, tonight in our study, as we return here to the Gospel of Luke, uh, Jesus points out this contrast between the rich Pharisees and a poor widow, and her example of her very giving heart. So tonight, the title of our message is this, Giving from the Heart. Giving from the Heart. If you're taking notes, that's our title, Giving from the Heart. And and we're going to be focusing in on this, and we're going to learn a little bit about giving too, and and what that all means. But uh, tonight, Giving from the Heart. And uh, we're going to be taking a a look at here just the first four verses, Luke 21 from verse 1 through 4. We're just going to take that section. And in that section, we're going to see three things. Number one, this is our outline, what Jesus noticed. Number two, what Jesus valued. And number three, what Jesus revealed. 
So keep those things in mind, what Jesus noticed, what he valued, and what he's revealed as we go through this passage. So giving from the heart, that's what we're going to see and what we're going to learn. Let's begin with number one, what Jesus noticed. And that's what we're going to see in the first two verses. If you're taking notes, we're going to be covering verses one and two in this first section. So it's what Jesus noticed, number one. So take a look with me here now. Luke chapter 21, and let's go ahead and look at the first two verses. It reads here, Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. Okay, we'll stop right here. Now we begin here with Luke writing on how Jesus looked up. In other words, he he took notice in, in what he saw. Now remember, we're at this place now that Jesus is, he's been teaching in the temple. He's in that kind of the Lanai outer area where there's a little porch, you know, and where a lot of rabbis teach. And we, we've been seeing that in this last chapter, in chapter 21. And I've been mentioning to you guys that this is Wednesday. This is Wednesday and in two days, he's going to be put upon the cross, and it'll be Friday. So he's, he's teaching the people. He's giving his last teaching. He's giving his last instructions here to his, the disciples. So he just got finished, and everything that we learned in the past few weeks or so in Luke 20. And now, at this point, now he's in the temple area. He's been teaching. He looks up. And Jesus notices this rich man and this poor widow. Now, first of all, he he notices here, he looked up in verse 1 and saw the rich putting their gifts or their offering into the offering box. Now, the rich here is talking about those who are wealthy and particularly, he's talking about the Pharisee guys. Remember, we've been talking about them even in the last chapter, how that's what they're about. They're about being rich, having power, having all that wealth and everything. So when he mentions the rich, yeah, there's probably other rich guys, but especially the Pharisee guys coming off of what he's been talking about in the last chapter. So they're putting their gifts, their money offering, yeah, into this offering box. Now, you know the temple, remember there's the temple itself, the inner inner sanctuary, and then the holiest holies. That's the temple, right? Outside of the temple is the priest court. Outside of that is the women's court. Outside of that is the outer court. Yeah. So he's been teaching out there. If if you were to uh go between the outer court into the women's court, you, you gotta pass through this area, this gate, so to speak. And in that gate, in that, this little area, is what they call the treasury. And the treasury is where all these offering boxes are. They say there's actually 13 of them. <laughs> Seven are for the temple tax, which is one shekel. You throw a shekel in there, and you pay the temple tax. Every Jew was required to do that. But the other six were marked as a offering box, a free will offering box. So every one of these offering boxes, on top of it, there was this funnel-like trumpet, kind of like the end of a trumpet, like a, a funnel, you know, uh, and it flared out like a trumpet, and it, and it came down skinny like a funnel, and it went into the offering box. So 
this metal trumpet-like thing was receptacles to receive these coins. Whether you threw that shekel in there, you know, or you're dumping other coins, like the wealthy are doing here. They're giving their gift, their offering, into this free will offering box. So, Jesus notices first the rich giving, basically, their free will offering. And I say that because it wasn't just one shekel. It was a lot of coinage that they're throwing into this offering box. Mark 12, verse 41, the second part, actually in a parallel passage of the same story, this same account, it says many rich people were put in, put in large sums. So it wasn't just one shekel coin. This, what Jesus observed, what he saw, what he noticed first was the rich, like taking their bag of coins and dumping it. Yeah, into the offering box. Now, you can imagine, just imagine this. They're in the treasury in this little area where there's different boxes. And here's, here's this Pharisee rich guy come in and he's taking his bag, right? And he opens, unties it, opens it up, and he starts dumping it into this metal receptacle, yeah, going into this box. And you can imagine the coins going and just, you know, hitting the edges of that funnel and hitting the side and then rattling down, all the way down the chute, going into the offering box. Clink, 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 right around, you know, all the way down. And I don't know, I, I thought, maybe like pachinko machine. Yeah. I, I remember growing up, my, my, somehow my mom got one. We had one in the house. I remember playing it with those little balls, you know, and go, you know, that's what I pictured. I pictured all this noise going, coming down. And so, it made a lot of noise when they dumped that bag of coins into the receptacle in that funnel shape going into the offering box. So this, this is the rich guy. See, here's the Pharisees. Now, making all that noise, they liked it. It was part of the scheme for these guys. It was part of the scheme for the rich Pharisees because they wanted the people to hear the coinage going rattle, rattle, going down into this funnel and going into the offering box because they wanted everyone to know all the money that they were giving. Yeah. They, they wanted to show off, basically. They basically were calling attention to themselves and, and look what I'm giving. Look how godly I am. Look how holy I am and all the money, you know, that I'm giving to the Lord. It made me think about one um, famous pastor who's passed away, but Ray Steadman. He once told of a man who stood up excitedly in a meeting and, and, and he just blurted out, I want to give $100 anonymously. It's kind of like, well, wait, you kind of ruined that when you stood up, right? But it made me think about that, you know, how, I don't know, sometimes people want to put attention, you know, into, oh, look what I gave, you know. Look, you know, look at all the money I have and all the money I would give. And, and that's why, you know, for me personally in our church, I'm not into plaques on the wall or, you know, your name on a pew or, you know, chairs at the names of those who, who gave. I mean, uh, you know, like they have things like, oh, if you give X amount, you'll be more upfront, you know, kind of thing. But I'd rather be quiet and ha- only have God know, right? And really, Jesus talked about that, you know, back in Matthew 6, when he's talking about the Pharisees. He's like, oh, they like to make their 
uh, uh, contributions known. You know, they announce it like they trumpet it out. Look what I'm giving. And this, this was it. This what is what Jesus noticed first. So he first noticed, maybe he looked across the way from his teaching, and he could hear the clanking of the coins and everything going down. And, and like, who, could, who wouldn't notice that, you know? So he looks over. But also, he notices something else. Also in verse 2, he also saw this, a poor widow. Now this poor means she was poor. She was, she was very, very poor. She was, she, she, she was a widow and and. Remember back in those days in the Roman times, there's no social services, there's no welfare, no social security, nothing like that. Your husband dies, who was the one who, who provided, yeah, then you, you have nothing. Maybe you have some property, but perhaps she might have been one of those who the Pharisee had cheated and plundered. Remember we talked about that last week. If you look up in uh, uh, Luke 20, verse 47, right? Jesus is warning the disciples, saying, hey, watch out for these guys, these Pharisee guys who devour widows' houses. Remember we talked about that, where they would, they would be like the lawyer, but they would take advantage of them, take their money. And they, they didn't need it. They just wanted more money. So perhaps coming off of this warning, you know, he's looking up. There's the Pharisee guys, yeah, showing off their riches. And then look, there's this poor widow, like I, like I was just talking about. And it, it kind of flows from what he just said and what we saw last week there. So here's this poor widow now, and she put in to the offering box two small copper coins. Now, in the old King James, we, we, we're using the ESV here, but in the old King James, it's most of us know it by mites, right? This is the story of the widow and the two mites, yeah? Uh, uh, you know, not... Not the little bugs, but, you know, they were actually what ESV translates, two very small copper coins, maybe barely a half an inch in size. And these two copper coins, these old King James mites, they were basically worth maybe one-eighth of a cent if you would uh, compare it to our money today. They're not, it's like hardly nothing, yeah? And she had two of them. And so Jesus looks over, sees this, this, this poor widow. Now, if you think about it, it's kind of like, well, maybe you can tell, maybe everyone knew this was a poor lady because maybe the way she was dressed. Yeah. But how did Jesus know she put in two small copper coins? You know, maybe, maybe he could see it. I, I don't know. Maybe, perhaps. But I think his omniscience also being that he's God I think that he knew that but the thing that gets me is he knew this was a poor widow yeah a poor widow so he knew this lady he knew what's going on here he knew even if he saw the two coins he knew that she was a very poor widow and probably like I said one of the ones up in verse 47 of chapter 20 that the Pharisees had devoured, right? Had cheated and all. So here's this lady. So I was thinking, though, you know, she was probably invisible to the crowd because everyone's putting their attention upon the Pharisee, the rich guys. Whoa, look at that. Look at how much they're giving. Wow, you know. Oh, God must be blessed with that. Look at all the money they're giving. And though this poor widow was invisible to the crowd, Jesus noticed her. 
And Jesus knew who she was and what she put in into the offering. I mean, I could just imagine everyone's eyes on the rich dumping their bag of coins and, and all the clanking going on. But when the widow put the two small coins, maybe it barely made a noise, if a noise at all. They're so small, you know. You could barely hear that sound. But you know what I like? Jesus took notice. And that's what I want you to see here. What Jesus noticed the most, and we're going to see, was not so much the rich giving, but the poor widow who gave two small coins. So see that in, in, in what we're looking at in this passage. What Jesus noticed the most was, was not so much the rich giving, but the poor widow who gave two small coins. You know, that, that kind of ministers to me. I mean, I mean we'll, we'll get into our giving in a moment, but, you know, sometimes what do we have to offer? Not that much, you know. Sometimes I feel like a poor widow. <laughs> what do I get, you know? What do I have to offer you? How can I serve you, Lord? But God still notices that, you know? Sometimes I think, oh, someone else is so rich with all this other stuff, you know? Or they get bigger ministries or whatever, but what do I have? I'm just a country preacher here, you know? But Jesus still notices that. He didn't ignore her. He saw it, and he could see what was going on here. God notices, you know, what we give. He does. He sees it. And so that's kind of important for us to, to think about, you know. It's not like God's just looking at, oh, people who give everything, give the most, or give, you know, give a lot of money. One time someone felt like, well, they were angry at me because they felt like I was taking sides with someone. And because they told me, they said, oh, you're, you're like siding with them because they tithe to the church. And, and I tell him, no, I want to tell you, that is not the case at all. Because I don't know who ties to the church. I don't look at who ties. I don't look at the tithe records. I don't even look at who, who gives or how much they give. I don't look at that. I don't want to look at that. I don't look at the year-end, you know, tithe records of, okay, how much did so-and-so give? And how much, you know, no, I don't want to do that. Why? Because you know what? When you give, that's between you and the Lord, yeah? Remember, Jesus said, don't let your right hand know what the left hand doing. And it's all right. I don't, I don't want to play any favorites or favoritism at all. I don't want to know. Yeah? I'd rather not be that be a factor, you know, in all of this. So I don't know. And, and um, I'll, I don't want to know what you give. I, I only encourage you to give according to what the Scripture says. And that's all I really am concerned about. But that's the thing. You and I, were accountable before the Lord, right? Jesus notices it. Jesus is watching. Jesus, Jesus sees that. God is the one who notices and knows exactly. Do you remember in Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, uh, <clears throat> the prophet, um, or God is speaking, and he says, Well, man rob God, yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. Yeah. When we don't give, it's like we're robbing from God. See, our, the accountability is to the Lord. So here we see, now Jesus notices what the rich is giving, but it's not so much 
But he really zeroes in on a poor widow who gave just two small coins. And I want to say something here. Listen, I'm not doing a message, some special message on giving because, well, I know we're going to come here. Or we're going to connect online, you know. And so I'm, I'm going to talk to you guys because I know you're not giving. No, it's, it's not about that. And you know how we are in this church and, you know, online too that, you know, this is where we're at. Yeah, we're just going verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We happen to be here and this is where we are today. And if it happens to speak to you, then, well, God has sovereignly designed it for to speak to you and for you to be here. So, so don't blame me on that. So just know God knows when and how much you give. He takes notice of it. Uh, so because of that, okay, we're going to send the ushers around. They're going to pass the bank. No, just, just joking. <laughs> just joking. The thing is we want to be obedient to God's word, right? We want to be obedient in every, every way he ta- speaks to us about, and even if it means in our giving. And so Jesus is now leading us into giving from the heart. We see what Jesus noticed. Let's go to number two now. What Jesus valued. What Jesus valued. Now we're going to be looking at the next or the last two verses tonight, and then we're going to come back in, the, in our third heading. But let's look at verse 3 and 4, and let's read it. Verse 3 says, And he said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. So now, Jesus, after he notices all this, he turns to the disciples and he gives his assessment on these things. He knows what's going on. He's God. He's omniscient. Yeah. He knows who this poor widow is. He knows exactly what she gave. He knows exactly what the rich have given. And so he's, he, he's, he's going to give his assessment, his evaluation here now. And so he turns to the disciples and, and basically he said, truly I tell you. Now whenever Jesus says truly, you know what he's saying? Hey, listen up here. Pay attention here. This is very important. What I'm going to tell you is important. It's true. It's something I want to pass on to you. So he says, truly, listen up. This poor widow has put in more than, than the rest of them, than all the rich guys, than all the Pharisees have put in. He, he, this poor widow has put in more. Now, with the two coins, I don't know, but in, in our minds, you know, my mind is like, wait, what? What? No way. The rich guys are dumping these bags of coins and, you know, not just mites, but the more, more valuable, the more coins worth more. Yeah. They're being dumped in, ba- a bag of them, bags and bags being dumped in, more valuable and all that. And the widow put in more? What is it, Jesus? Does she have some, something, some hidden bag somewhere, you know, you know? And she pulled it out. We didn't see, or some secret stash, or, or, or Jesus, are you sure about the math here? You know, well, Jesus explains here in verse four. For they all, the rich guys, they contributed out of their abundance. Now, in the NLT, it says uh, that they contribute or gave a tiny part of their surplus, the NLT says. In other words, they gave from the portion of their extra. 
So think about it this way. After they paid the bills, yeah, after they bought what they want, yeah, whatever they had left over, that's what they gave out of. But they didn't give everything that was left over after all that. They gave just a portion of that. So that's what Jesus means when, you know, these guys, they gave out of their abundance, their surplus, what they had left over. Yeah? They gave out of that. They gave a portion of that. Perhaps maybe they're like, well, I'm going to tithe that. I'm going to tithe what I have left over. So 10% of what I have left over, that's what I'm putting in to the offering box. And they were rich, so one big bag of coins wasn't too much, you know, for them. So that's what they did. They gave what uh, out of what monies they had left over. But then Jesus said, in contrast now, in verse 4, she, the poor widow, she gave out of her poverty. Poverty, that word in the original language means um, a deficiency or lack. She gave out of her lack. She gave all that she had to live on. Uh, it, she, in other words, the poor widow gave out of the little bit she had, and in fact, she gave all of it. Yeah. Just a little, all of the little she had, she ended up giving it all, all that she had, Jesus says, to live on. That means she has zero after this, nothing at all. So Jesus points out, you know what, guys? This is real giving right here. That's what he's saying. This is the ultimate giving. See, the rich may have given 10% maybe of their leftover, but look at it this way. They may have given 10% of their leftover, leftover, but the widow gave 100% of the little she had left. This is how God sees our giving. Listen to what Warren Wiersbe, he put it this way. When it comes to our giving, God sees more than the portion, he sees the proportion. I like that. I really like that. He went on to say, men see what is given, but God sees what is left. And by that, he measures the gift and the condition of our hearts. So the widow had nothing left. Yeah, You can see her heart in this, right? The rich guys, well, they, they only gave a portion of whatever they had left, so they still had more. See, we may look at the rich guys, that's what really Jesus is saying, saying, wow, look at what they gave. Oh, they're, oh, they're great givers there because they gave a bag, and she only gave the two little small coins. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. It's not about the portion, it's the proportion about it. So see this. What Jesus valued, what Jesus valued the most was not how much the poor widow gave, but how much of a sacrifice it was. Does that make sense here? Do you see what Jesus is putting forth? What Jesus really valued, it wasn't the bags of money that the rich were pouring in. No, what he valued the most was, was, was how, how much uh, sacrifice the poor widow made in giving her two small coins. It wasn't so much about that, yeah? but it was about how much of a sacrifice it was. You know, I was thinking about in Samuel chapter 24, David had offered to 
um, Aruna to buy his threshing floor, the, the, the prop, this property, uh, so David could build an altar, make a proper sacrifice, because he had sinned. He had, he had put out a sentence of, as Israel, and God judged him. People got sick, died. And, and, but the angel stopped, and the angel stood over this property, and God said, go make a sacrifice. So David went over. It was Aruna's property. And he said, look, I want to buy your property. Because I gotta make sacrifice. I wanna make a sacrifice to the Lord. Well, uh, Arana, I, I don't know however you say his name, but Arana says, he's like, no worries, king. You know, I'll give it to you. I wanna give it to you. You can have the property. Matter of fact, I'll bring the wood, I'll provide the wood, I'll provide the sacrifice, everything. But you know what? David's like, no, 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 no. No, no. That, that will, will deny the very meaning of sacrifice for me. And so he said in 2 Samuel 24, verse 24, No, but I will buy it from you for a price. I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God that cost me nothing. And that's, that's what this poor widow did. That's a sacrifice, right? She gave her all. See, if it did not cost David, it wasn't a sacrifice. And see, the rich, if you think about it, it, it really did not cost them to give only a portion of whatever their leftover money was. Yeah? But for this poor widow, it cost her everything. That's real giving. That's what Jesus is saying. This is real giving here. What is your giving like? You know, is it hard? I mean, what I mean is, do you think that, well, I could have used this for some extra stuff for me, you know. I could use it for that. And I'm not saying that we should not live responsibly, responsibly, you know, responsibly, yeah. That, you know, we we should pay our bills. I mean, we we should pay what we owe. That's important. It's important to have a budget, but and to be good stewards of God's, you know, money. But is God is is God even budgeted in? That's a really good question. Is he the first one to be, quote-unquote, paid? You know? That's the idea. God measures our gift not on size, but on how much a sacrifice it is. And sometimes it's hard when we're short of money. It's hard. Yeah? It is a sacrifice. And you think, well, I could have used it for this. Or I could have paid off this. But no, Lord. I want to give. And I want to give in a sacrifice. And I want to I give because I want you to know my heart. That's what Jesus is saying. This is real giving here. God measures our gift not on size, but how much a sacrifice it really is. One pastor was trying to encourage his farmer friend to give to the Lord. And as they were talking about it, the pastor challenged his, his farmer friend by saying, if you had 100 horses, would you give the Lord 50? Yes, of course said the farmer. If you had 100 cows, would you give 50 to the Lord? Right away, replied the farmer to the pastor. If you had two pigs, would you give God one of them? The farmer replied, now stop that, pastor. You know I have two pigs. <laughs> he didn't want to give it. Are we like that? We're good on words, but not good on the sacrifice. And sometimes it's hard. But you know what? That's real giving. That's the real heart to have. That's giving from the heart. 
And so that's something I want to zero in on. And so we come to number three in our outline, what Jesus revealed. And I want to focus in on this heart part of this lady. And we're going to just go back to verse one here. But uh, we've seen what Jesus noticed, what Jesus valued. And this is what Jesus revealed about this poor widow. Now, take a look at verse one once again. It says, Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. Remember, this wasn't the temple tax one, just throwing in the one coin, the shekel. Yeah? This was the offering for the free will offering. And the rich, the rich was dumping their bags, and this is where the lady went, put her two coins. So what the rich gave, what their poor widow gave, was really above, we would say, their regular tithes. That's what I want you to understand here. Today, you know, as Christians, we're, we're used to saying, okay, I got to give my tithe. You know, God wants 10% of my gross income, you know, the first fruits. And before I pay bills and taxes, and all that, I'm, uh, you know, I'm giving my 10%. Now, tithe means 10th. And so we come to that conclusion. But but is that necessarily what God really wants? Let's go through this for a moment here. We're going to take some time here. Let me explain. Now, the Jews and what we're seeing here in Luke chapter 21, they're just following basically what was laid out in the Old Testament law. And I want you to understand, it wasn't just one tithe here. Yeah. And I'm going to show you these things. First of all, there is what is called the Levitical tithe. The Levitical tithe. Uh, basically, in Leviticus 27, 30, 32, the Jews are required to give 10% of their crop, their harvest, like fruit, barley, their wine, all of that oil, and then also 10% of their livestock, cattle, goat, sheep. And, and it really goes along to what we've many times talk about tithe and giving 10%. And it was all basically to support the Levites. I mean, you give the the fruit, the harvest, the fruit, the oil, the livestock, all that, to support the Levites. That's how they live, yeah? Because they didn't have farms, yeah? Their, their, their land, their, their inheritance basically wasn't the land, but the temple was serving God. So God required them to give basically to the Levites 10% to support them. And it, it, if you think about it, though, it, wasn't, it was more like a, a tax, you can say, because back then when this was instituted, there wasn't a government. God was the head of the government. And the leaders, the priests, they're like the assistant guys, you know. So it was kind of like supporting government. But that was the Levites, the temple, the, uh, the spiritual part in leadership of Israel. So there was a Levitical tithe, 10%. Secondly, there was a festival tithe. Deuteronomy 12, verse 10 through 18. Now you give another 10% of your produce, crops, animals. But that all went to provide for the needs for the major religious events that they had. Like, like Passover. Yeah, When we celebrate Passover, where's all, all the food, everything? Where's it going to come from? The people, they give 10%. So that provided for the feasts, the different feasts that they would have throughout the year. And and the priests would put on and people would come and they all partake in that. So that was the festival tithe. So if you think about it, 
technically that's like 20% now if you add the two, yeah? You're giving 20%. Then there was in the law, Old Testament law, the poor tithe. Uh, in Deuteronomy 14, 28, and 29, every three years you are to give an additional 10%, and it went to help poor people. It was part of the welfare, we could say, program to help the poor. And so I was thinking, okay, if you divide the three years, you know, the 10%, three years at 3.33, and so you're actually giving like 23.33% now. Yeah, this is what you're giving the Lord. There was other required givings, uh, like Leviticus 19.9, like profit tax. Basically, the corners of your field, you don't harvest it because you allow the poor or needy to go and, and, and get food for themselves. So, you know, so you let that go. Um, Nehemiah they, uh, instituted in the book of Nehemiah the temple tax. when they built the temple, and they, that was that shekel you would give. And, and um, even when you, every seven years, you were to let the land rest, you couldn't do any farming. And that was kind of like giving to the Lord also, you know, um, because every seven years was a year of rest, and you just let it rest. So I, I'm just guessing here, but think about this, you know, Generally, we could say basically that you're giving like 25% plus yeah, in your tithing here. So I, I, I look at that, well, that's kind of like our income tax today, you know, kind of thing. It's around there, yeah, 20 to 30% depending, yeah. Well, that was the required ones. That was what was mandated. That was the Old Testament law. But there was one more thing after all that, and it was called the free will offerings. In Numbers 18, verse 12, you were to bring whatever you wanted, maybe maybe the best fruit or the crop, and whatever was on your heart, you would give an addition to the Lord. You would offer that in any quantity that you wanted. There was no requirement of how much or how many or percentage. It was just whatever was on your heart. And that was the free will offering. So I believe what Jesus noticed here and what Jesus valued more with the giving of the the poor widow was this free will offering that was being given here. And what he was really touched at was the poor widow, right? Because the rich, they saw their free will offering as as a way to really give back to themselves because people are going to see how rich I am, right? It wasn't really for the Lord. But the poor widow gave everything, what? From her heart. She sacrificed her last two copper coins because she wanted to give it to the Lord. And that's what touched God's heart. And you know what? What I love about this, that is actually the New Testament way of giving. After the cross... Yeah, we come into the New Testament. There's no mandate about, uh, like, okay, well, you got to follow the Old Testament law of tithes and giving, you know. I mean, because most of us, we don't have farmland, you know. We don't have animals like that. There is no temple, yeah, to support the Levites right now. Everything's different now. And so what God has given us, the New Testament, calls us to give from the heart. And I believe that's why Jesus is pointing to this. 
to show not only how bad the Pharisees are coming off of chapter 20, not only, you know, look at the poor widow, but look what she gave, but it was something to reveal to us what a giving heart is like. And, and, and let me talk about that for a moment. In the New Testament, it gives us three ways to give from the heart. There's three ways to do this. And, and I want you to see this. So turn over to the right to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And look at verse 3. And here we see the first thing. The New Testament gives us three ways to do this. And number one is give freely. Give freely. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 3, Paul's talking about the church of Macedonia. And he says, they gave according to to their means, like what they could give. And as I can testify, and beyond their means, they even gave what they couldn't really afford. And then he says, of their own accord. In other words, they gave from their free will. He's like, I didn't force them. Yeah, I didn't tell them they had to do this. But they did. Either it was according to what they can do or not according to what they do. They gave anyway. They did it. From their heart, they did it. They gave freely. And that's number one in the New Testament, is that we give freely. We give in our own accord. Yeah, uh, it, It's our choice of what we want to do. And that's what God is saying. Number two is we're to give regularly. And there I want you to turn to the left, the 1 Corinthians chapter 16, maybe a few pages over. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. So first of all, we got to give freely. Secondly, we got to give regularly. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, look at verse 1 and 2. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do. He's talking to the Corinthian church. And look in verse 2. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside, store it up as he may prosper, so that there will be no collecting when I come. In other words, just I want you to take this collection for the saints now. So every Sunday, the first day of the week is Sunday, you are to regularly give. So number one, give freely. Number two, give regularly. And then number three, give joyfully. Go back to second. Corinthians, but now chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And I think this is the most important part of our giving heart. Number 3, give joyfully. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Look at verse 7. Paul writes here in 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. What you want to give, basically. Yeah? If you want to give, give freely. But when you want to give, give what you've decided. Yeah, not the Old Testament law. Yeah, not not. There's no New Testament law in this. What what you have decided in your heart, and then he says, not reluctantly, like like not not forced or 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 pressure, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Yeah. It's not like you're forced, like, okay, I'll give, Dad, you know, kind of thing. Um, not, you know, a compulsion, like, you know, you better give or else God won't bless you. Or, or you know, give, give, and, you know, passing the, the bag around over and over kind of thing. No. Paul's saying, don't give like that. 
Not forced, not under pressure. But how? Look at the end of verse 7, 2 Corinthians 9. For God loves a cheerful giver. You're to give cheerfully. You're to give joyfully. Give with joy because you want to do this. Give because it's on your heart. Give because, God, I want to bless you. I want to give this to you. Yeah, I want to I I show my love to you. I want to show how much I appreciate everything you're doing. That's the idea. That, that You give it cheerfully because you want to. You're full of joy. That's what the New Testament says. The New Testament says, give freely, give regularly, and give joyfully. You're supposed to give from the heart. Maybe you're going, well, oh, Pastor Rick, I, well, I, don't, I still don't know what to give. What am I supposed to give? Give what you want. If you don't want to give, don't give. That's all right. But you should be giving. Yeah. You want to give $1? Then give $1. $5, $10 for the ceiling. That's okay. You know. But give. Give what's on your heart. Maybe say, well, I don't know. Help me. Well, you know what? If you want, just as a guide, you know, just, just to start out, give 10% then. If you feel good about that, then give 10%. That's all right. If you're thinking, well, 5%, give 5%. Whatever's on your heart. If you want to give 20%, give 20%. It's okay. You want What you want to give is give from the heart. Not force, nothing. Yeah, Just let it come from your heart to God. So understand this, and this is our last point. What Jesus revealed, what he revealed, especially about this poor woman, is what touches his heart. That's what he revealed. And what touches his heart? It's when we are giving from the heart. That's it. That's it. Giving from the heart. That's what Jesus is revealing to us. I like what Kent Hughes wrote. Jesus can have our money and not have our hearts. But he cannot have our hearts without having our money. Isn't that good? I like that. Yeah. Because we, we should give regu- regularly, you know. But he wants it to come from our heart. Let it be that. Where's your heart been? Have you forgotten? Maybe you're online and, and it's, it's easy, you know, just to watch online, connect, and, and not do anything. You know what? Support a missionary. Support this church. Support a church. What, wherever your heart feels, you know what? Give. Give to the Lord in that way. Give to a ministry in that way. Why? Because I love God. Because <laughs> I want his gospel to be spread, his ministry to be done, people to be helped. Yeah. Because I, he's blessed me so much. I want to love him back. He's loved me by, by blessing me. I want to love him. Now, let me say this. Not everyone can do what the poor widow did. Yeah. <laughs> Give everything. Not everyone can do that. But the focus isn't giving everything. The focus is giving from your heart. And does it come with a sacrifice? Because if it comes with a sacrifice, like David said, oh, God, then you see my heart. Yeah? Yeah. Then you see my heart. And God sees your love for him. You know, it just comes to mind to me, like, you know, this can go with everything in our life, right? I mean, not just giving, but how we live our life, yeah? How, what, what we do for the Lord, 
Sometimes being obedient to the word, it, it's hard, yeah? Our battles with sin, maybe a habitual sin, you know? It's hard, but you know what the word says? Oh, God, I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to make the effort, you know? Sometimes we, we want everything to be convenient, everything to come easy, yeah? Oh, I can't deal with that because oh, it's too hard. But maybe that's the sacrifice God wants you to make to show your faith, to show your love toward him. Maybe it's serving the Lord. Ah, oh, Lord, I don't, I don't know. I'm serving in Keiki Church, you know. I don't, the kids, but, but you feel called. Maybe it's the sacrifice you need to make, yeah, even if it's hard. Maybe it's, it's, it's loving your spouse, when it's hard. Oh, Lord, I don't know. I, I, it doesn't come easy. Yeah, it doesn't. But aren't, shouldn't we love unconditionally, no matter what we receive? Why? Because we love God. We want to love him back. So even in our giving, right, does it come with a sacrifice? And does God see that you love him in that way? You know, I cannot do what John Wesley did, but I'm amazed at how it shows his deep love for God. Uh, they say that the preacher, John Wesley, um, he started the Methodist, you know, uh, denomination and stuff. Well, in the 1700s, he was preaching, he was evangelist and everything. And um, in the 1700s, his living expense now, this was back then, was only $28 a year. He could survive on that. Records show in 1731, he made $30 that year. So he gave God $2 that year, 2.7%. In 1732, he made $60 that year. And so he freely gave God from his heart $32. And so basically he gave 53%. In 1733, oh, his income went up. He made $90 that year. But you know what? He gave God $62, which is 69% of his income that year. In 1734, John Wesley made $120 that year. You know what? He gave God $92, which is 77%. Later in his life, he was making $1,400 a year. And this was his heart. What he wanted to do for the Lord, he freely gave God $1,372, 98% of his income. I don't know about you, but I think Jesus took notice of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's how he felt. That's how he was led. I'm not saying we're supposed to do that, that you're supposed to now see these numbers. No. Remember, it's about the heart. So, what does God expect here? It's not some number. Yeah. It's what's, whatever you want to give, whatever's on your heart. Well, as long as it comes giving that way, cheerfully, then it's okay. As long as it's what you would like God to have. I'll close with this. Um, one little girl was uh, given a beautiful doll for her birthday, and it was, it, was, it was the exact one that she'd been 
hoping for, eyeing in the store for months and months. And finally, the family could afford it. They saved it. I gave it to her as a birthday. And, and the doll and the little girl, they were inseparable after that. It became her, what, how she says it, her favoritist treasure. Well, one day in church, she heard the message on how Jesus loves us and gave, gave, gave up his beautiful home in heaven to come to the earth and, and, and gave up his life and sacrificed his life to die for our sins. And her heart was so moved, she wished that she could give something back to Jesus for all that he did. Well, all week long, it was on her mind and, and, and about how much Jesus loved her and how much she wished she could show him love, her love back. Well, when the next Sunday came, to the surprise of her parents, uh, when the offering bag came by, she put her precious doll inside the offering bag. Some stared, some did a little chuckle, some thought, oh, how cute. But many didn't realize what a sacrifice that was for her to give up her doll. Well, later that week, uh, the pastor dropped by and showed up at their house knocked on the door, and he had the doll tucked under his arm. And uh, he asked to see the little girl, and the little girl came, and he smiled, and he said, I brought your doll back to you. Well, the little girl's eyes were just totally fixed on, on her doll. But she didn't move. And the pastor prompted her, go ahead, take her, take her. Only the look in her eyes betrayed how much she really wanted, you know, to take back the doll. But she just stood there. The pastor asked her, why don't you take the doll? Here, it's for you. Why don't you take it? Brushing away a tear, the little girl said, Be- because I didn't give her to you. I gave her to Jesus. That's what it is. So let's take the example of that little girl and the poor widow and follow in that. That's what God would like us to do. And let's learn. Let's learn to give in that way. Let's learn what it means to be giving from the heart. Let's pray. And Lord Jesus, as we just come before you, God, it is... what we're hearing from you that humbles us, God. Forgive us, Lord, if we've made giving something else, Lord. We've made giving a sort of, ah, we'll do it when it's convenient. Ah, we'll do it when we get extra. But, Lord, we we don't want to be like that. And, Lord, we don't want to give to show off. But, Lord, we want to give to just say, I love you, God. And I want to give to you. I thank you, Lord. Lord, I appreciate and I will forever thank you for dying on the cross and your sacrifice for me. Lord, I want to support everything that you're doing, God, in reaching people for Jesus. Lord, I want to lay up treasures in heaven and not on this earth. So God, forgive us, Lord for not giving from our heart. Forgive us for not really sacrificing and and showing you how much we love you and letting our giving cost, Lord. And no matter 
how that means to each one of us, Lord, whether it's our money or or it's giving something away, giving a ride, helping someone out, serving you, loving someone. Lord, no matter what those sacrifices mean, God, help us, Lord, today to show our heart in giving what costs us. To tell you, Lord, I love you. And I want you to know that. God, we want to lay our pride down and we want to lay ourselves to the aside. And we want to humble ourselves before you right now. And God, as our hearts are bowed right now, I just, I just want to pray over anyone who's connected online and anyone here today that hears us and, and they know they need you, God, and they've been living for themselves and it's it's time. It's time to give your heart to Jesus. It's time to come back to Jesus. It's time to let go of the things you've been holding on, whether your life, your pride, or money. And it's time to surrender it all and give your heart and life to him. So you just need to call out to him. Say a little prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe in you. Forgive me of my sins and I receive you into my heart. I surrender my life to you, God. I accept you. And so take my life, Lord. Make me new. Cleanse me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit right now as I give my heart and my life to you in everything that I do, in everything that I say, and even in the monies that I have. Everything is for you. Lord, I pray for anyone who's prayed that prayer, for anyone who's been struggling, and whatever that is, that this is the moment, this is the time to just lay themselves before you. And God, may you reassure each one of us that as we surrender, you receive us in love, in grace. And you hold us in your arms and you carry us. Lord, reassure us right now by the touch of your spirit and by a strong sense of your presence, God. Thank you for being here. We do love you, God, so much. In Jesus' name, amen.